Greetings, friends! This episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Usual Wines. Griffey, are you a fine wine drinker? I mean, absolutely. Everyone who listens to this show uh, is aware of uh, my love of a fine vintage and, uh, you know, getting loose so I can throw some movie conspiracies. I, I legitimately did not expect you to answer that way, so I'm completely thrown now. Well, there you go. This usual, ad is, usual I don't know what wines, to say. Yeah, Usual Wines probably has a very taut algorithm. I'm like, who's a bad mofo uh, who loves movies and drinking copious wa- amounts of wine? And they're like, boop, 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 boop. That guy, Griff, film alchemist. <laughs> and here we find uh, ourselves. <laughs> yeah, Usual Wines. It's a uh, wine company for the modern drinker, whatever that means. That's me. I'm like I'm like That's, a Terminator, oh, right? So it's, their it's algorithm, Griffey. yeah, their algorithm is Skynet, and they're like, Griffey, we need him. <laughs> and I appear butt naked with little bottles in my hand, and I just terminate <laughs> alcoholic beverages. That's what I do. That is what the modern drinker is. It's me butt naked, hammering delicious vintages from uh, usual God. wines. God, I hope they listen to this, uh, guys. If you like, <laughs> if you like wine, these. This company is definitely for you. Uh, each bottle is a six and a half ounce pour, which is uh, like a glass and a half, which is perfect if you don't want to waste a whole bottle. Um, it's low carb, but then most importantly for my friend Griff here, zero grams of sugar according to their website. Yeah, the the end of my Terminator movie is not me going into lava, but like a stack of sugar. I'm just like, no, and I'm melting. Yeah, I, I love the idea of low sugar. I love the idea of the individual bottle. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have to like keep corking it, and, you know. Then you have like that third at the bottom that's left. It never tastes good the next day. Exactly. Also, exactly. with smaller bottles, you can try various different uh, flavors. You don't want to yeah. commit to a whole bottle. You're like, I want to have one, and then switch on to a new flavor. I love that. They have three, I think, in circulation right now. One's a red blend, the other was a rosé, and then there's a sparkling white wine called a brut, which I'm actually enjoying right now during this recording. Uh, in this cool like mad scientist beaker they're keeping it in i, I like it a lot it's a it's a go. fun it's it's fun to check it out but yeah uh, my wife and i uh drank it while we were watching the movie and uh actually made the movie more enjoyable which isn't to say it wasn't enjoyable already but man once you got liquor in you yeah good, so you get a news. cool little bunsen uh beaker bottle of booze afterwards you can make invisible man potion <laughs> You can sit down with your friends and watch The Princess Bride, and when they say, you are the Brute Squad, you just hammer your whole case of Brutes <laughs> using the code FILM as you check out, so you'll get a discount for being our listeners. And when yes. you, you hammer the whole thing, when they tell Andre, you are the Brute Squad, you drink all your Brutes, you get back on Usual Wine's website, and you order a whole gang more using Indeed. the code FILM. What's the website, Alec? What's the official website? If you go website? to... Uh... You go to www.usualwines.com. With your order, you put the discount code FILM in, Mm -hmm. and you'll get $8 off your first order, and you get a free free glass on them. And when you drink your free glass for being a Film Alchemist listener, you picture me running up to Bill Paxton naked (laughs) with wines. Now I know they're going to sell this. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, let's get to the pod.
friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my perfect Rockwellian little boy and murderer kid of Mr. Highway and co-host, Alex Dandino. There you go. All right, guys, we're back this month. The pod's evil spawn. Uh, today, we're taking on Macaulay Culkin as the good son. Uh, so, as always, if you like the show, and we hope that you do, please take a second right now, this second, as you're hearing my voice, leave us a rating and review on uh, wherever you're finding the podcast, especially if that happens to be Apple Podcast app. That helps us out so much, guys. I, I know it's a hassle. It takes a couple seconds. We appreciate everyone who does it. Quick five-star, quick sentence why you like the show. Uh, means the world to us. Helps us find some new people. You can also help us grow our audience by sharing us and shouting us out on your social media. Whatever you have, we have too. Find us there. Invite your pals so we can get uh, more people in here for uh, the good sunning and other such great movies. ha <laughs> ha! You can see our faces as long as hear our voices on our YouTube channel, The Nerd Alchemist. And you can email the show filmalchemistpod at gmail.com with your suggestions for movies for us to cover, new and old themes, double features, guest hosts you'd like to see uh, come on the show and join us. If you want to hear or see it, let us know and we will do our damnedest to get to it. Speaking of our damnedest, The Good Son, um, this movie... Let me start this off because it's gonna sound it's gonna sound like I'm picking favorites here amongst our evil kids. And it's gonna sound like I might be being mean to the good son at times. This movie kicks all the ass. It's so fucking good. <laughs> but that said, um, there's a dark underbelly to this movie of weirdest decisions of all time. Yes. So from the the opening flat black with Comic Sans scripts <laughs> credits any, to any opening movie that's on gonna have yeah any movie about a murdering child with Comic Sans as the uh, <clears throat> font of choice for credits it's gonna get my stamp of approval I'll say that one hundred I mean they kept it classy and did it like have the K's be backwards or like classic childhood misspellings but the Comic Sans just, like, on just simply flat black yeah. Let's not show, like, they could have done that over the soccer game. No, 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 no. We need very, very flat black. Then they just open on this shot of Elijah Woods, and I was like, is this going to be the 2001 apes killing each other? Or the I'm like, do him and Culkin just fight with fucking desert bones? At the I was like, I haven't seen this in a long time. This was a movie my mom was stoked. Everyone's mom loved this movie in the 90s when it came out, and we all had that night where we watched it as a family. Uh, again, I told you this was one of those movies I watched and was like, Oh fuck! I can commit crimes even though I was a kid. <laughs> and uh, but the really weird scene. There's a funny scene right after his mother dies. Just they kind of throw that in quick after he's like, "I'll never let you die, Bob. I love you. I promise." Dead. The dad's like, "Well, I better drive him out." There's a shot. They are driving in a jeep, <laughs> and they s go back and watch the scene where they're driving to Maine. Right. The score of that scene. You have to pause the movie and be like, "Wait, is this called the Good Boy?" Because they're definitely about to find a dog that's going to re-give their life meaning. Because <laughs> you're like, what the fuck is that music in that moment? But that's what I mean. The Good Son is this hyper-powerful thriller that 
also makes like 15 of the weirdest movie choices. Alex, initial thoughts and takeaways on The Good Son. I mean, short of the Comic Sans thing, uh, The Good Son is a really interesting movie to me. It presents these, it presents itself as what I would say, like, in the vein of, like, I don't know, like, any movie about it just eh, any movie like killer kid beside that like we watched the bad seed it has a lot of the bad seed this, in it this too, essentially but, in the 90s would have been like the best lifetime movie this is like a super lifetime movie essentially yeah i mean it's super lifetime and has a lot of that it had a lot of those elements but like to me this movie seems like something that it was supposed to be and it's interesting because i i've never learned anything about this movie and having you know i try to read up on like production history and that kind of stuff when we watch <laughs> these this movie like was supposed to be a completely different movie this movie was supposed to be like a serious character drama about like like a little bit more than just like what it ended up being which was kind of like if um fatal attraction took place between two kids like there's a lot of that going on in this movie <laughs> but yeah, um, um, if you're going to tell me, would I rather just um, our characters sit and cry in their lobster dinners? No, I want this version of the movie. No, I got to say, I well, that's what I was going to say. Is like, the there's supposed to be a different version of this movie, and I got to tell you, yeah. I'm not sure I would have preferred it. Because like the version no. of this movie that was supposed to happen was directed by Michael Lehman, who directed Heathers, and it's written by Ian McEwen, who wrote... Um, uh, atonement. You know what? I could see that though. Mm-hmm. And you could see this movie being, being a Heather's style movie. Sure, of course. But this ended, the movie that we got ended up being directed by Joseph Rubin, who directed Sleeping with the Enemy, most famously, which is one of my all time awesome. favorite comedies. And then um, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> we'll get to that someday. And then it went through like several rewrites, apparently, to the point where it had nothing to do with like what was originally written. And basically, Joseph Rubin brought in his own guys. And was like, I just wanted, I need the narrative streamlined. And this is the movie we got. And I got to tell you, I'm not sure I'd want it any other way. Like this movie is bananas on a lot of levels, but to the point where, yeah. to the point where I'm like, I don't think I'd want like any sort of character think piece on the malefic like the malevolence of children beyond what we got. And like the other, <laughs> the other pendulum of this is that that's really interesting is that this movie, and I had no idea this was, this movie apparently had to star Macaulay Culkin because the only way they were going to get to make uh home alone two, And it was written in his contract. He had to be the star of the good son, apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, I which is I amazing. love him in this movie. I'm so I glad he's, he's in great. It. He's so good. He's really good. Well, because he's essentially playing the super Kevin McAllister, right? Like I'm sure yeah. everyone in the world would say they like Home Alone better than The Good Son. And Kevin McAllister is great because he has that little heartwarming part. But this movie, he plays him essentially as take out the little the soaring score beneath Home Alone, and yeah. just imagine this is a kid who's willing to murder. And so when he's yeah. saying, oh, mom, I just wanted something to remember David by. And you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like he, but that, that same character can be scary so fast. 
Yeah, I mean, it's the exact. It's Kevin McAllister after the first one, and he's like, "Cool, um, you're all on my shit list for like the rest of your life." It's the actual application yeah. application of Kevin McAllister. I've never understood those Home Alone movies how he wasn't just like an absolute unmitigated piece of shit for the remainder of his life. Being like, "Yeah, remember that time you guys all went on vacation and fucking left me? Well, hey, I murdered one of the one of these kids. How's that?" Like, there's that level of Kevin McAllister that's contained in those movies. Here, he's, like, unbridled. Like you were saying, super McAllister. Kevin McAllister's mom comes home and just finds Buzz's girlfriend picture under a mask in Kevin's room. He's like, it's mine! (laughs) Don't you miss Buzz? um, No! Woof! (laughs) There's, um... But then, like... So, other thing I noted, too. This is the third movie we've watched within, like probably three months of like we've watched um the lodge the bad seed in this movie all of which contain fathers who endanger their children by leaving them alone and being like well we'll figure it out i'm gonna get out of here i'm gonna go like let's see the lodge he went i don't know where uh or did he Hmm, another question i think it's all work Um, it's always work it's like i've got to provide yeah the bad seed, of course, uh, wrote his dad goes to work. He works for the army. And then in this one, I I didn't understand where he was going. Was he going on a business trip? He Some had to seal a deal trip? in Japan that would make him so wealthy, which obviously right. the first scene we see on this beachfront fucking house, right? And their lobster dinner. Obviously, yeah. this is what drives this guy, right? He's like, got to have money. You got to have money to have the family you want. It's like, well, I mean. I just kind of lost a lot of the family I want. My kid's going through a lot. He thinks his mom's coming back. He keeps saying it every day. He's praying for the I ghost that dad version we'll get to of that. this. That was kind of interesting. Yeah, um, so you just yeah. you get to this like, hey, maybe I shouldn't do the fucking deal. And it, there, his uncle's like, you've got to do the deal. Give your kid to us for two weeks. And we totally gloss over the fact until much later in the film that – this family had a tragic death, right? That uh, they yes. lost a son, right? In a, a, pres- a presumably a bathtub accident. Yeah, it kind of gets swept under the rug really quickly that like one of the kids died. There's only two left, which are both Culkins, by the way. Um, yeah, but what you but, get is literally it's just, hey, I'll take just, your oh, kid. And then he disappears. Yeah, he just disappears into his office with his old computer. And he's like, hey, broken down wife who goes to the cliff and cries every day. Deal with this kid's trauma. (laughs) It's such a classic, like, dad suck it emotions thing that all 90s dads movies have. (laughs) Yeah. All 90s dads are fucking absentee assholes who are just like, well, I don't have time for this. And just like walk away. Um, They're making money. But hey, hey, uh, honey, on your way to walk to the cliff to cry. Um, Mark's going to talk about his dead mom a bunch. And could you fold laundry and please have lunch on the table at 11 or else no tip. Thanks. <laughs> That's this lady's life in this I mean, movie. I mean, when you're a rich white living in the Northeast, I guess you can do that. I don't know. That's it's true. What a life. You know? Not one, uh, not one housekeeper in this movie. Totally broke my suspension nope. of disbelief. Or maybe they were all in the shed somewhere. Maybe that's what Mr. Highway was. That was the butler. Oh, my God. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, like, it's interesting, too. Like, this movie takes, like, this movie's 90 minutes long and, again, takes no time in explaining almost immediately the mo- that uh, Macaulay Culkin named Henry in this movie, which is the name of my kid, which isn't, fo- isn't foreboding, to say the least, while I watch this. Um, 
I I like that it just immediately got to like, well, this kid's fucked up. He's asking this kid about his dead mom. If he saw his dead mom before he died, did you see her? Did you watch her? What did you see? Did you check out her lips? Yeah. The whole thing. Like, it's the weirdest conversation. And ultimately, I like, though, that we get right into that shit. Like, right away, we all know, okay, that kid's a problem. There's no question about who yeah. the actual good son is. It is indeed not Macaulay but, Culkin of Henry Ilk. Right. This kid's out of his mind. But it, it, it's strange because I was actually shocked at how long it took us to get there. Because we start off and it's kind of classic boyhood yucks, right? You're throwing fucking rocks. You're running from a mean dog. This is all stuff. Making paper mache. Making paper mache. Michael yeah. Myers masks. Yeah. Well, okay. So there, there's the face of this. I made another so we can be brothers. And they both like just look at each. And it's this really long hold where they just stare at each other. Really with long. Eyes wide. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, there's something about wealthy young white boys that are like just really latch on to the mask murder guy. And it's ridiculous, right? But it starts yeah. off and you're like, like even the cigarette thing, right? I was just like, yeah, we used to steal cigs. You know, we used to throw things in well. Like the thought of a kid callously asking this kid about his mom, you're like, that still doesn't strike me as that weird. Like his weird, like you got to be scientific about it. Blah, blah. Like I was like, all right, this is all that fairly is within weird. the realm, right? The tree house, you know, if I let you go, could you fly? Like, ominous but also why the also fuck not is this least safe treehouse of all time up here you're like that dad's not taking time from his stacks of work to go out there and poorly nail it like what is happening so you just start being like all right these kids got a lot of room to run it's all pretty normal and then it, it just makes this hard hard fucking turn as soon as uh elijah woods thinks that his aunt is the ghost of his mom. And the yes. fact that he somehow has an emotion, Macaulay Culkin's like, time's to kill. Like, that seems to be yeah. the trigger. <laughs> I mean, it's that, that is like, the, it's weird, man. It's weird. And it's like, it's, it's interesting. Cause like a lot of the time I feel like you and it, it, a lot of times I feel like Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin are in two different movies. Like Elijah Woods in this movie about like a kid trying to like, discover spirituality beyond the grave for his mother. And then Macaulay Culkin's in the movie that we're all watching, which is about some murder kid. But well, no, Elijah Wood is Elijah Wood is in the movie where Kirk Cameron is like the local bum. And he gives him a dog that really is housing the, the ghost of his mother. Like that's the movie Elijah Woods is in. And the music tells you that often. And then we just start murdering. Right. Well, it does add this extra again, like, I think, yes, we say it's like two, it feels like they're in two different movies, but it does add this extra layer of emotion that you need later on in the movie because um, I think it's Nancy Cruz, the woman who plays Susan, the mother, um, makes some really baffling decisions to me. So there, there's a lot of this sort of, again, I cannot. Are you just referring to her smacking the fuck out of Elijah Wood? <laughs> I mean, besides that, like the the casual child neglect going on in this movie in general, like no, I would say the more baffling decision beyond child all neglect. else. Yes, it, uh, the biggest like craziest thing I remember. I I I I was watching it with Andrea, and I looked over. And I'm like, where the fuck's the babysitter? Was leaving all three kids home alone so they could go out on this sweet night on the town for a gala, like. 
They're like, yeah, let's go play hide and seek. When we were that age, we were allowed to stay home by ourselves. This is the thing. You're you're a coastal elite parent now, dude. You're not in the shit like us. Us real Americans that leave our kids home alone to fight each other to the death. No, No, (laughs) there was a scene where she she saunters up to the murder shed and she's like, I better check in. And she just sees this. She's like, oh, good. Oh, bother. Like almost when he. Oh, bother. There's a lot of stuff in this murder shed. (laughs) I was like, you really never like sauntered up there before that. That's strange. Yes, she saunters on into the shed like it's no big deal that her kids are just fucking around around all this dangerous shit. Again, parent neglect beyond reproach in this movie. But you know, you have a kid. You want to encourage them to use their imagination and their minds. If you walked in, you're like, Henry, you really out of local trash and uh, hood ornaments whip together this Daryl from The Walking Dead cat murder weapon? Wow, I'm actually... I'm not even mad. I'm impressed, as uh, Ron nope. Burgundy would say. That is, you absolute... wouldn't a little bit be impressed of the ingenuity. Yeah, but I'm not another let... version of this movie where the wet bandits come but in and try to I'm... fuck you up, and he but takes I'm them out. But I'm not going them. to let oh. my kid know that I'm impressed with their ingenuity in building a gun. Seems like a bad thing to it push along. It is there. a defense mechanism, a metal redistributor, right? And if he used that on the Wet Bandits, he would get on uh, the Today Show. So I'm oh, just okay. saying, you'd be like, wow, good job, little kid. You did it. Right. Well, oh, when we no watched Dial Code movie, Santa and then we, or Home Alone, we're all for the weaponizing no of wet, household There's things. no Wet Bandits in this movie. And then on top of that, he graduates to Mr. Highway, which has a very different connotation altogether. Sure. That one's harder. That one that is gonna indefensible. Be harder. Harder, good lord! <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm just saying I don't chalk all this up to neglect. When we were kids, we used to waste our time by taking all of our parents. Like, I guess that's weird that our parents had so many uh, bottles, but we would take them out, and as the train drove by, we just well, fucking smashed them on the side that, of a train. I'm not saying it's all neglect. I'm saying that a good portion of it is neglect, and then the other portion is that Macaulay Culkin is a little asshole. There's a whole other, well, there's, there's a whole other granted, level to it. Granted, he's not a good boy. He's a bad boy. Very but much. But his mother's also carrying the fucking weight of grief. Maybe. Because that's the thing. If you're insinuating the mom is doing the neglect, I take mad umbrage with that. Because she's the only one interacting with the kids at all. The one scene we see the dad has to deal with Mark. He's like, what do I do? Lock him in the office. It always works for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that was another thing, too, is like <laughs> Uncle Wallace blows. Yeah. Uncle Wallace is a real douche. And the minute I saw it, I was like, what is a Cinderella? We're locking her, throwing away the key. Yeah. He's like, like, let me call another lady to come help. The other Uncle Wallace scene, the, pretty much all we see of Uncle Wallace is him telling his brother, hey, go to Japan, neglect your son who just lost his mother. You got to make that deal. He's like, I'll take the kid. He brings the kid home. He's like, hey, grieving wife, uh, deal with another kid who, you know, might be approximately the age of the kid we lost. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then at the end, he's like, ooh, gross kid, and locks him in. And then he, we also have that nice interlude at dinner where he's like, honey, let the kid go fuck up the room of our dead kid. You're being quite a bitch holding on to your grief for this long. <laughs> Let's go out and date. Right? So Uncle Wallace pretty much hits like the scumbag bingo. Yeah. In this movie. I mean, Uncle Wallace wants a taste. Like, that's, like, pretty much all he wants. And then on top of that, <laughs> he's, like, the worst parent of all time. Neglectful. Real bad. 
Well, I mean, he did see his son getting attacked with scissors and saved him. I guess that's good. I mean, by that's a, plus one. I mean, one that's plus one in the column of like, but he's like, you went after the wrong kid. This is after the one who tried to drown the other one got out of but it. He doesn't know that. But I'm saying that's the one scene where you're like, look at Wallace jumping oh, in there being like, it's Ew. after the one tried to drown the second kid by drowning. Well, he could have not. They could have thought that was an accident. Also, if we're going to just start hanging child neglect on people, how about the 1,000 people skating on that pond that weren't like, hey, kid, you just did 36 circles at high speed. Knock it the fuck off. Yeah. Hey, how I, about I, hey, that I'm once she falls in the ice, there's five minutes of time that pass listen, before those two jamooks show I'm up with axes? I'm absolutely not saying that. Every parent or adult figure in this movie is not hugely impl <laughs> implicated in the like, near murder of three different kids. But 100% all adults in this movie suck. That's why Elijah Wood has to take it all on himself to fucking out this little bastard the entire movie. And no one wants to believe him until finally, finally, Aunt Susan sitting on a cliff gets rocked and she's like, well... All right. And she has to like figure the whole thing out and she has to play this like will he or won't he thing. It's terrifying. Aunt Susan figures it out the moment Macaulay Culkin is sitting there fucking smiling after the uh Yes. The the poison food thing. She's like, hmm, this guy's a fuck. Then she goes into the the he shed that has all the the murder doll. He, he and that's the cool thing. Macaulay Culkin's collecting trophies. Uh, and then I think when he, like, loses it on her, she's like, oh, fuck. But that's kind of one of the cool things that happens in this movie is it's it's just Macaulay Culkin plays it so well because he became this iconic child to all of us. Right. There is this nature of assumption, right, that all of these evil kid movies play on. It is impossible for us to accept that a kid who looks like Macaulay Culkin and can say nice things and is that smart also could have killed his brother also would try to drown his sister right so that that weaponizing of their innocence and that's that great moment it's probably my favorite moment is after mr highway they go down and he's just like man i'm just i'm sad for you man you're yeah. sitting over there grieving your mom i'm sad if you realize that you're free to do anything you can fly i think it's somehow you know phrased in that kind yeah. of setup right well, they, they can't scene... touch you and that it's not scene, that they can't touch you. It's that they they won't allow themselves to accept that right. that kid did it, which does, that's that's their armor. Right. That scene. I mean, that scene alone in the like the pipe, the sewer pipe, when they're having that conversation, that to me is the summation of the movie. That's about the diet. That is like to me the ultimate calculation of the entire thing. Like it's one kid who understands the right and wrong it's one kid who understands that oh like there is something there's something like what we did felt wrong and the other kid who says why does it have to feel wrong like why is it our fault why is it our problem and so on and so forth like there is like this level of there is this level of uncertainty in there's this level of uncertainty in elijah woods but i think it's the finality in um in Macaulay Culkin's character that makes the movie so much more terrifying from there because he, like he says, he's free, but what it means is he's without consequence. Not only that, but he knows how to get out of it as he demonstrates the entire rest of the movie. Yeah. Well, I think it's the two kids reacting to death, right? Is one right. is like, Oh, this is all a fucking joke. None right. of it matters. Right. Right. 
And Elijah Woods is the opposite. Cause that's what I kept saying. I was like, dude, once you see him shoot the Rob Halford dog, right? That was all S and M'd out when he was chasing him on the bridge. Right. I was like, that dog's probably got nipple piercings. Like that's a, that's a rough dog, dude. Don't mess with it. When he's like rah, 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 barking back at it. Right. I was like, no dog gets a leather harness like that. That's not up to some shit. When he kills that dog though, Elijah Woods is just staring at him. You're like, that's the whole movie. I love that little moment, right? Because right. we see them bonding over breaking those windows, right? You're like, that's that's mischief that is... I mean, it costs someone money. The guy's mad Again? or whatever, but it doesn't... Again, no, co- no consequences for deal. these rich white children. Sure, it's fine. Again, Dude, parenting. we all used to do that. We used to have like the local like abandoned scary house by my grandparents' place. We'd all go in and break shit and fuck clearly, it up. Like, clearly not abandoned, Griff. We're just giving them a pass, huh? I see. Well, yeah, I mean, that one guy wanders out. We don't know what he's doing. What if he was like a uh, a diddler? He's over there J-O-ing in a burned-out Volkswagen. And he's just like, hey, you're interrupting my strokes with all this glass breaking. <laughs> you know, like, we don't know that, like, we're just assuming that guy was there in an official capacity. That's... I don't think we can narratively say that for a fact. Fair. He does just immediately go to cursing at children, which is a good move. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I think because that's what the movie asks, right? Is this movie is really strange to me in the fact that it doesn't really take the stance on whether it's nature or nurture, right? Right. It definitely hints at some supernatural stuff. So th- there's a lot going on here beneath the surface. Yeah. Um. I like the ring shot. I had forgotten about that when he throws the dog down there and, uh, you know, all that's, Oh, they're doing the fucking ring shot. I thought that was pretty cool. I think that would have been fun if, uh, Macaulay Culkin ended up in that. Well, but fuck him. That would have uh, been good. <laughs> but yeah, man, let's, let's talk about that for a sec. I want, I want to get your thoughts on that. About what the well, do you think they were trying to tell us that, we had a ghost mom scenario of being John Malkovich ghost mom. No, I don't think so. Cause the scene I think they were hinting at that is when he's coming downstairs and the pig chimes are jingling. Yeah. But the other question I had, that was the dead kids room. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not his mom's ghost. That's coming back, but maybe his brother's ghost is there too. I mean, I think it's just the ghost of, I think it's the I think it's less about the ghost of whoever it is and it's more just the tragedy that the tragedy the psychic power of that kind of tragedy can like the residue can live anywhere and especially can travel with a person I mean like Elijah Wood's character carries that with him the entire movie he's so distraught he looks for his mother in other people to the point where he decides like when he I mean the scene where he uh scene where he tells macaulay culkin like your mom my mom found your mom my mom is she's not your mother anymore she's my mother because and like to me i'm like there's a level like that to me is a little creepy and i'm not sure like because that to me in a movie like that could mean the turn of the tide like maybe that's macaulay culkin like oh man maybe this kid's the the dangerous one but then it takes it right back that's exactly when he says hey don't don't fuck fuck with with me." me yeah he like takes it right back which i'm like all right, fair enough, cool. So we're still on this, which is, you know, that's fine. But right. I think the spirituality in this movie and, like, the characters who belabor the point, particularly, like, Elijah Wood and Nancy Crewson, who are really who are really going through something, like, really feeling the tragedy that, that's been sort of, that they've had to sort of take on themselves. And even Elijah Wood says it, like, 
I have to like deal with it on my own. Like he says that to the therapist. So mm-hmm. to me, there it's less about like oh, there's another level of supernatural and much more a level of like spiritual spirituality that these characters have to encounter to sort of like move on with their lives. I don't know. Hard to tell. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, are they hit? Because it's just it's one of those movies where you're like, if at the end. We just saw the ghost brother on the cliff. I'd be like, yeah, like, <laughs> like this is the kind of movie that could just drop a ghost somewhere. And you'd be like, yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. <laughs> like, and, and you just you have no idea when they showed the pigs jingling. I was like, that wind chimes in the house. Like, all right, here we go. Well, Crazy there's the shit one is shot that I feel like I'm like, why wasn't there? Why didn't they use that? Um there's the shot where Elijah Wood sees Nancy Cruson in the nightgown, like her feet walking. And my first thought was like, why aren't we using that one? Why aren't we using that one effect where it looks like there's like come on the lens where everything's like all glossed out and everything. And I'm like, this is a perfect opportunity to do that. Given that we're trying to be like, Oh, Elijah Wood sees his mom. That I think would have actually did it in the first scene. We saw her too. They'd already established the soft focus of right. These two both kind of become each other's ghost, right. right, in a weird way. Sure. So, yeah, you saw that. Also, I was like, that's another one of those ghostly things where you're like, what kind of pajamas are you wearing that look that much like a wedding dress from the 70s? What's happening right now? Why are you wearing that level yeah, of nightgown? It's not that. It's not like. If, yeah, it, <laughs> it's weird. Who wants to wear that? Like, there's not there's no way that's comfortable. You know. Well, that's also like a guaranteed I'm going to bed alone in my separate twin bed for my husband outfit, right? Because <laughs> Wallace is probably over there like, I sleep in a three-piece suit in case I got to get up and start cracking numbers. I ain't got no time for cracking ass. I got to crack numbers, right? Like, that's Uncle Wallace for sure. Right. But, yeah, the the spirituality of it is just real strange. Because I felt like they were definitely hinting at something was coming it's down weird. the pipe uh, i don't know yeah. how i don't know if you felt this i felt like the end of this movie happened in a hurry like we went from <laughs> <laughs> we went from boy this kid's a real creep that mr highway man thing was fucked up like oh my god he's trying to drown his sister oh my god the mom knows oh my god if like every like five minutes yeah. was a new revelation or like a new stunt slash set piece the whole thing man but I felt yes. like the pacing but they built they built that in pretty well. They did. They build that in pretty didn't, well because didn't hurt me, the narrative. Just felt like it kept going very quickly. Well, well no, because I thought that same thing. I was like, Jesus Christ, like this kid's <laughs> triggered by a hug. And now he's, you know, domering everything. Right. You know, he's out there bolting the dog. So the question you start asking, right, is about Macaulay Culkin's character. Right. When did this happen? How long? Let's say Mark Mark's mom doesn't die and he never comes into the equation. Right. How long until we're doing this stuff, right? And it's very much like the good the good seed does that too. Bad or the bad seed. seed. Where Rhoda's just triggered by like a penmanship medal and a snow globe. She's just killing people for trinkets, right? Right. We don't really know. There's a great little line in there when he's trying to get the rubber duck back in the uh-huh. the thing and his mask slips, right? And he we see mask all over everything in the set design. So that tragedy did change that. But he said uh, that duck was mine before his, right? Yeah. Maybe he felt that way about his mom and dad. So you see this buildup. They definitely hint at the fact that Macaulay Culkin killed his brother. Right. I think the duck is a trophy of that, 
feels serial killery to me. Yeah, definitely. But I like to think I like to think better that he saw that maybe it was an accident, right? Like a garden sale, like I just pushed him. Whoops. And then he realized the absurdity and how he can get away with stuff. So I, I like to think he wasn't like a malicious four year old or whatever this whenever this happened. Um but you never know, right? But so so there's this this theory with Macaulay Culkin's character is how long, how bad, why is it escalating? Well, the movie gives him Again, a guy who thinks everything in life is this absurd game, right? So his cousin is gifted to him on a platter because of his dad's fucking selfish, bastardly behavior. <laughs> yes. Right? As his mom's grieving, so everyone's not really watching and there's room to push, he has two weeks to do whatever the fuck he wants and has thought about and fantasized about, Right? And be able to perfectly blame it on Mark. So in two weeks, he can do whatever the fuck he wants and gets away with it, essentially. Right. Short of the one thing that doesn't fit that all the way is his sister, where 1,000 gomers should have seen that happen. Yes. And also, they should have formed just a a conga line of fats across the ice to get to her. <laughs> like, that whole scene is, is literally baffling. It's absurd. Right? Like, I mean walruses can slide across the ice get your fucking hockey bellies out there and <laughs> slide over you know what i mean yes just slide out and save that girl instead of the guys like i have an axe like they actually yeah. literally waited for a lumberjack to the ice in. away i'm like you're gonna hit the kid what is wrong with you people craziness craziness but that take that scene out right every other thing we see is something because that's the really cool mr highway moment right that is just a cool setup in general yes. right the the costuming, he's built this thing. I promise you it'll be something great you've never seen. When they throw that over the bridge, Macaulay Culkin, again, has played him. He's like, you are now an accomplice. Like, yeah. Let's go tell my dad when they see the news. Right. And they learn no one died. So it's, you know, okay, you get why maybe they don't tell. You know, maybe it's not going to be a big deal. It's, But that's that's what's really brilliant. So while the escalation feels wildly sped up at a moment, He's probably realizing he's like, fuck, I've got a week. I've got a week yeah. left. Well, actually, the thing I was thinking about was later in the movie when uh, Elijah Wood calls his dad and tries to like confess to him all these things. I'm like, huh, I see you left out Mr. Highway, man. You decided to just uh, leave that leave that story conveniently out. You just could come could, like all the complaints about how mean Henry can be and all this other shit, but not the fact that you're an accomplice to like a major car accident. Got it. Cool. Yeah, I see. Right, right. Which is another thing Maybe where I was like, there aren't actual good sons. Well, that was my thing is I was like, because earlier in the movie, it happens earlier enough in the movie where I'm like, are they about to position the Elijah Wood is actually just like the shittiest kid, the shittier kid? Because I'm going to have a really yeah. hard time believing that. But this is part of me trying to like put it all together. That's my that's my ring movie. Right. Is where at the end he's like, we can't keep getting away with these. He's like, yes, we can. We can do anything. And he just like sweeps the leg when Macaulay Culkin's on the well smoking a cig. Yeah. And, he just, ah! and then the stone comes over. Next thing you know, he's like putting in his Puff the Magic Dragon VHS, and it's just Macaulay Culkin's orange or yellow hair climbing out of the well. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it, it's fast, but I, I think they explain it well, man. And the escalation is where this movie gets really. Because Mr. Highway is such a fucking great scene, right? Yeah. It's just, it's brilliantly done. It's really cool. And again, it's these just watching these two little boys run for their fucking lives and hide yeah. in a tunnel. 
it because that's the thing even us as an audience watching it's hard for us to even accept right i think that's the hardest thing about evil kids movies is this movie especially triggered this reaction to me is where even watching it i'm like ah bullshit you know what i mean like you just you're like ah horse shit because even i can't believe there's a killer kid so after i watched this i was flipping through hulu on shark week and this thing popped up killer kids on fucking vice news or whatever and i was like i'll watch this for a minute sure enough just some fucking eight-year-old kid brained his eight-year-old neighbor and i was like fuck they are out there but see even watching a movie i can't allow myself to suspend disbelief all the way because then i'm in the backyard right i was telling you it's evening and a fucking throwdown popped off in my backyard where next thing you know all the neighbor kids end up in my yard and i'm just sitting on the porch watching i'm like which of these little fucks would lie right to my face after like some kids found in the pond like which of these little fucks would do it right and it's it's insane it's it's insane because i look at them and they're all sweet and innocent but you see like a flare-up like it's my kid and they hit another kid and you're like he did it that's the good <laughs> son but like even in the movie it's hard to get past that like no not the boys not the kids it's a, it's a tough challenge. I think this movie does pretty well with it, though. It does. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, then the escalation just sort of takes you all the way through. Like, I love watching Elijah Wood sort of just go stir crazy. The The scene with the food is brilliant. Like, I love that yeah. shit. Well, because it's so hard, too, because you're watching and you're just like, just hide in the attic. Yeah. Like, if you're in the attic every day and you're like, lock the door so I can't get out. I'll poop in this bucket. <laughs> Then Macaulay Culkin can't kill anyone. Yeah. The fact that he keeps trying to save people allows Macaulay to escalate. Right. I'm like, just go flowers in the attic yourself. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and stop this body count before it gets out of control. But because he lost his mom. Right. He's hyper aware of the value of not losing people. Right. So it, it all works out. Yeah, I mean it's fine. Then we get it gets us to this. I mean, one of my all time favorite endings in a movie. I think like it's one of my tops now. Uh, I had yeah. completely forgotten the ending of this movie. Like, oh yeah, totally forgotten. And I remember how it got there because I knew that the mom like finally confronts Macaulay Culkin about drowning his right. little brother, and then. Again, like it's perfectly staged where he, she's like, she runs out to the cliff. She's looking for him. And I'm like, he's coming right for you, lady. Like, why are you just like falling oh, right yeah. into his trap? Like he was right. Perfect. It's perfectly right there. And then well, I'm assuming you had the same reaction as me that the very first time the two kids are on a cliff and they look over and he goes, isn't that your mom? Yeah, that's where she goes to grieve my dead brother. Yeah. You're like 100 like, percent for sure. She's getting thrown off that cliff. <laughs> Like that yeah. just has to, and they do that like 20 minutes into the movie. You're like, for sure. Mom's yeah. going down. her. I honestly was like, okay, so her or anybody could get thrown off that cliff at some point in this movie, but it's going to happen. But of course it's the mom. She gets tossed, but the <laughs> also shame on you though. If you're, if your fucking 10 year old can take you like he even comes Have around. You know, like, core body. Oh, you strength? don't know anything about me. Do you ma? Yeah, it's real Jimmy. Like, lower your base and take that fuck out. It's real Jimmy Cagney. (laughs) Ah, I see you. Oh, if if my kid if my kid came for me, he's just immediately getting a kick to the groin, (laughs) stole cold stunner, and he'll go ah and fly off the cliff. And I'm like, I done warned you. But (laughs) 
we end up getting this like we end up getting this awesome like little boy fight between Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin who are just like going yeah. to town on each other. Well, you, just... you skip the coolest moment though, right? So he knocks his mom off the cliff and she's grabbing like a wire in oh, the edge. Yeah. And she's like kind of gathering herself, holding on to the cliff, and they cut up to Macaulay Culkin. And he says something like she's like, No, don't like she's yelling up his name and he goes, Yes, mom. As he's holding the rock. Yeah, holding the like rock. He's just over. responding to her in like the most casual conversation. And I was like, that cutaway is fucking flawless. It's like that that scene says so much about what's happening. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. And also, I'll tell you the truth, him choking Elijah Woods is way more graphic to watch than it feels like it should be. It feels pretty tame compared to things you see in movies. No, it's but seeing a little boy yeah. actually like choking the shit out of someone like that, that's pretty, intense, man. It's pretty horrible. Um, I want to yeah. ask you, <laughs> I'm going to ask yeah. you this, which, uh, which kid do you choose, man? It's the real question. You're going to ask me the question, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, because Elijah Woods even says that's our final ending when he's back out in the 2001 desert. Is he's like, I never thought to ask uh, Aunt Susan. Would she choose me if a second she choose time? me again? Yeah. I don't know why we keep doing this like old film. Noir. I don't know why I thought. Because, Anyways, back to sell papes. Because it's the great voice of a voice. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so he asked himself, I never... I never want to know if Aunt Susan had it to do over again. Would she choose me? Right. Um, I think if there is a gigantic flaw in the movie, it is the the false the false choice here. Yes. Yeah. It's I'm so glad not you said this. close. If my little fucking kid attacked me in a shed, threw me off a cliff, was gonna brain me, and any other kid on earth came and fucking saved me when i got up to the top I, my kid who i raised and changed his diapers and cried on his first day of school is getting my boot right on the side of his face and flying to his death before they even go over yeah if my kid tries to take me out i'm coming back up for vengeance <laughs> i'm not gonna say mark will save you i mean no way <laughs> right do you think it's a funner ending if she chooses her own son? Oh hell yeah! I mean, if it's a, if it's that, I mean, it becomes the you get the sequel because again, like this yeah, has <laughs> this has the same like you know they wrote a sequel though they accidentally wrote a sequel into this movie. Yes, <laughs> but I don't know if you caught it, but there is a scene when they're going to play right after the puzzle, and they're running away, and he's like, "You can't play, you little cockroach." Yeah, and as he's leaving, the daughter goes. I have secrets too. Yeah. And I was like, where's her fucking she shed full of, you know, trophies. I, uh, I thought about this though. Cause I, I was thinking, uh, aunt Susan might be like up there with like Nev Campbell is one of the great final girls of a movie. She took it upon herself to kill the villain of the film. And not only that, well, not she only bore that, straight up matricide though. She <laughs> bore the villain of the film. She said, I'm like, she did the thing that Rhoda's mom wouldn't do that. God had to come down and take care of himself. Like, Hey, 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 Rhoda's mom drugged her. Rhoda's mom drugged the shit out of her kid. That's not nothing. It's effort. That's an attempt. All right. It's lazy. It's lazy. It's lazy, but it's an effort. 
Listen, if you had any cones, you would have gone out to the you would have gone out to the uh, pier and gone up, gone and gotten struck by lightning. Rhoda's mom had no cones. No, she didn't. She just had martinis. That's all just she all had. all she had was G and T's. That was her life. She was literally hairspray dresses and martinis. That's what that character consisted of. But that's the role she was given. But yeah, I mean, I think it's like okay, so clearly it's like the it's again it's the weirdest tension because you know which one she's going to choose there's absolutely no question which kid is going to get saved here. now it's funny because in a scene like that i agree with you right there are, there are hard ways to end a movie where you're like i know exactly how this movie has to end they did a pretty good job though of giving you false dilemma right yeah because somewhere uncle wallace and the worst therapist of all time right are on the trail Sure. What if they come over the hill and assume that her and Mark, both in grief, are trying to kill the innocent boy who we never saw what he told the therapist. He could have laid it all out. You're like weird that she would wait days to be like, hey, that kid did Mr. Highway. Right. But (laughs) so you believe that there is this external force that could come in and affect the most obvious ending of all time. But that said, I will bet you all of my money that audiences watching this when this movie came out were not expecting a shot of the little fucking superstar from home alone ah! falling like he just got hit with aftershave <laughs> all the way down to the rocks and just becoming a splatter oh talk There's about no possible way you thought that that would be shown in such graphic talk about and the amazing most grisly detail. final shot of a character him <laughs> just like dead on the rocks then whoosh, swooped out to sea that's yeah. the end of him I that was, that's what I mean. there's no way you thought that was coming and that was amazing that's one of my favorite deaths in a movie absolutely because then it's also again it's that <laughs> it's that it's that iconic like scream because you've seen it in a completely different context but you're like oh wow him falling to his death screaming that way sounds much worse my god like there is a lot more <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot more to it yeah well i also like the thought that like at the end of the movie, Mark's like, hell, I got picked up. I'm back at my desert waiting for the monolith. My dad closed the deal in Japan. We're rich. Yeah. And just no acknowledgement other than that. I think Aunt Susan would kill me if given the chance to do it again. Yeah. So whatever they left back in Maine must just be truly the most horrific broken family of all time. Now we have no good sons and we have the daughter who has her own secrets uh, my son tried to kill me after he dunked my kid after the rubber ducky. Uh, yeah, so whatever's left back in Maine, that's <laughs> actually kind of one of those cool, they just leave it open yeah. for you to like Mark imagine being, the nightmare life. Yeah, Mark is certainly the hero of his own story uh, through and through. <laughs> pretty... Yeah, I will say this, though. If I had to do an undervalued moment in the movie, right? Something this movie does really well to get out of here. I thought the scene when he steals the duck and really fights for it, and he runs to throw it in the well. Mm-hmm. That became really fascinating to me, right? Because that's where they put the dog. So this is where this has become his new trophy cabinet, right? Right. It's a really cool one of those hinting at like a deeper pathology uh, serial killer thing. My question was, when he brings Elijah Woods there the first time, is there already trophies in the bottom of that well? Yes. 
Yeah, see, I thought so too. Absolutely. There's dead cats down there. There's a few dead mice. Like, there's all kinds of shit down there. And there's also definitely yeah. like toys of Connie's that he wanted to get rid of that he just threw down there. And probably quite a bit of items that Richard used to own that he tossed. Like, yeah, I mean, there could have been like other. His, this is his hiding Oh, spot. guys, JOing in that abandoned building where he breaks windows. <laughs> there could just be a. Uh, a mass of JOers down there. To yeah, there's definitely <laughs> some, there's some sort of graveyard. I don't know what's in it, but definitely at the bottom of that well, it's a graveyard. <laughs> I thought that was a really cool addition, though, that adds some extra uh, some extra depth and scariness to uh, <laughs> to our young depth. our young Very lead. Nice. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, I'm so good. I don't even know. Yeah. So wrap this up. I just feel like this is the ultimate movie that my mom used to bring home, right? She'd get really excited. It's a thriller. It strikes at the core. My mom was always, I feel like, fascinated by these movies that strike at the core of normal American family life, you know? Right. This It becomes this fun wish fulfillment of, I wonder what would happen, but I don't want to suffer the consequences if everything broke down. <laughs> and you watch it and you go... Well, my family's fucked up, but not that fucking bad, right? right. And also, they're rich people, which always helps, too, because you're like, ah, the riches are getting their comeuppance. I like that, right, too. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's this really awesome, just, like, the best movie to watch with your mom on, like, a movie night. It's thrilling. The actors are good. Um, it has some just really big moments that are truly – Mr. Highway is a really, really scary set piece. That one is truly fucking scary in this movie. Yes, I and yeah, man. I just I I think it's a thrilling, fun, good time. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just one of those movies that is not necessarily what was intended, but I mean, <laughs> I gotta tell you, like, for being a movie that wasn't intended to be this way, it's, it's it endures, man. It's entertaining. I. I I get so much better than the character study it could have yeah, been. Yeah, I'll take a sleeping with the enemy with sorry Macaulay Culkin over whatever that was going to be any day of the week, to be honest yeah. with you. There's I no guess that'd be the one change. If I could go back and retro retroactively wave a wand and change one thing. That creepy scene in the desert where they're driving to the we're about to meet Beethoven music, yeah. right? <laughs> in the score. Yeah. I if say, he yeah. had found a dog in that moment had begun to think that that dog was his mom, and then Macaulay Culkin uses the bolt gun on it. Yeah. That would have been like a perfect tying think, together of the mystical I definitely elements. think a huge missed opportunity <laughs> is use, is not using the uh, sleep the Sleeping with the Enemy soundtrack that the guy uses every time he wants to have sex with his wife. Like, that would have been a nice callback, I think. It's the Shining soundtrack. Wallace has no time for nut. He's only got time for business. <laughs> uncle wallace sucks yeah uncle wallace fucking sucks that's the real key of the movie there's a lot of monsters in this movie but uncle, uncle wallace, wallace is for sure number one the top all right guys that's it for us we hope that you enjoyed the good son as much as we did uh please take a second leave us a rating and review please subscribe to our youtube channel nerd alchemist find us on all the social medias you can shout us out talk to us connect and email the show with ideas for movies you'd like to hear us talk about, yeah, themes, man. guests, double features, all of that stuff. Uh, next Thursday, we return to finish the Pod's Evil Spawn with easily my favorite evil kid movie of all time, Orphan. I cannot wait to spend some more time with Esther. Uh, so until then, for the film alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dan.